Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I was going to be reading from chapter 5, but I did what sometimes I like to do with Bible reading, especially New Testament letters. Um, Got to remember when Paul, for example, wrote letters to the church, he didn't write chapter four, chapter five, chapter six. He just wrote his letter. And the people who put together our Bibles over the years and have, have obviously put it into readable chapters for us, and that's helpful, obviously. So sometimes what I like to do is I read it and I go back just to see what the flow looks like. And I read this in the end of chapter four, and I was blown away because we've been talking about spiritual blockages. And specifically, we've been talking about the natural and the supernatural. And so let's look at what it says here in verse 7. Paul says, but we have this treasure, speaking of faith in Jesus Christ and salvation through him, in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So in other words, your life and my life, as we journey through our faith, we're continually dying to ourselves. We're continually giving up and dying to the old way. For we who, are, who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. What a beautiful promise on a Sunday morning. For it is all for your sake. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. That's what I'm believing for Good Friday at the amphitheater. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving. Verse 16, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we learn not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. There it is. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I wanna continue preaching about spiritual blockages today. So part three of this little mini series, let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you that it is eternal. It stands the test of time, God. Father, we thank you that we can base our lives on it. We can, Father, we can allow it to become our foundation. So with that spirit, Lord, and that willingness, God, to come under submission of your word today, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us, that you would shape us, that you would mold us, that you would help us to become all we're called to be through the power of your word. Thank you that it's spiritual food for our soul today, spiritual nutrition that we need. So Father, we thank you as well for Colonial Kids and all that you're doing. We pray for Good Friday that it's just over and above, better than we could ever imagine. 
Father, I just pray you'd send souls to that amphitheater. Just souls upon souls, Lord. Father, I just pray it'd be a massive homecoming. People coming home to the family of God. People witnessing your love, experiencing the goodness of who you are, Lord, on Good Friday in Jesus' name. And we all said in agreement and faith, amen. So we do not lose heart for our outer self is wasting away and our inner self is being renewed day by day. There it is, the outer self and the inner self. Let me say it a different way, the natural and the spiritual. The natural and the supernatural. I've been talking about this parallel in our lives, how how so often in our journey in life, we see the natural so easily because it's easy to perceive. It's right in front of us. We With our senses, we can perceive it, we can see it, but with our inner self, our spiritual inner man, we can also perceive and we can also understand there's always two conversations going on, the natural, but also the supernatural, the spiritual. And Paul says this, he says, as we look to the things that are, sorry, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, i.e. they come into our lives today and they're gone tomorrow. That's kind of what life is. The Bible describes it as like a vapour. It's transient. It's for a moment. I don't know if you've heard this before, but you're just transiting through earth. You're just coming through on your way to an eternal weight of glory, heaven, eternity, worshipping with the angels and the saints for the rest of eternity. That is your future. That is what is ahead for you. And so while we are here, Paul says this, he says, put off the old way and put on the new way. Look to the things that are unseen because they are eternal. And so I've been using this analogy of the natural and the spiritual when it comes to our physical bodies. As an example, there are different things that our bodies rely on. We rely on oxygen. We gotta breathe. We need the Holy Spirit's fresh breath in our spiritual lives, just like we in our natural lives need fresh air. In the same way, when it comes to our bodies, we need hydration, we need water. Seems like every single year, the amount of water that that they tell us to drink, it gets more and more. Have you noticed that? (laughs) So just so you know, like your drink bottles are just gonna get bigger. (laughs) We need food, we need nutrition for our bodies. And in the same way, we need God's word to feast on and to feed on. But then taking that analogy one step further, what if if there were blockages in our spiritual lives? What if there were blockages? What is a blockage? Well, it's simply just something being holding us back, getting in the way. And Paul said in the Colossians 3, we began this whole little mini-series with this scripture, but he said this, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, if it's part of the old way, it's in the way. And can I just encourage you, if there's something from the old way that's in the way now, that's a blockage. That's a spiritual blockage in your life and in my life. And so I began to talk about what some of them could be. For an example, sin is a big, big blockage. In fact, it's the biggest of all because it's sin that causes us not to be able to see Jesus. And it's upon seeing Jesus that our eyes are unveiled, um, our eyes are open to the reality of who Jesus is and we go forth into our new life and sin is dealt with in that moment for ourselves. So sin is a big one. Then I talked about pride as an example of that. Pride and ego. What is ego? It's edging God out. Comparison, another big one. I feel like comparison is a big one right now. 2021 in the world we live in, comparison is so easy. 
But it's not about the grass being better over the other side. The grass is greener where you water it because you have grass. God has given you Himself. He's given you Jesus. You have His blessing. So when it comes to comparison, we can look across and we can see other things, but it's just gonna rob us from what God has already given us. Talked about a lack of vision last week. How a lack of vision can be a spiritual blockage, can get in the way and how a bold personal vision, it mirrors a bold view of God. And how having vision in your life really is saying to God, I believe you and I believe that you can do big things and you can change my future and you can do great things in my life. But a lack of vision can cause us to feel like God's not blessing us, God's not with us. And I wanted to encourage people to have a vision for their own life because God has a vision for you. And then a religious spirit. Man, a religious spirit can so easily get in the way can get in the way of the free-flowing, beautiful John 10, 10 life that God has for you, abundant in every way. And it's amazing how a religious spirit, it's amazing how humanity is drawn towards religion. You ever notice that? It's just like we gravitate towards just showing me what, just show me what the rules are. Show me the rules and give me the bare minimum. Tell me what the minimum standard is that I have to meet. That's the problem with the religious spirit. It's empty. But relationship just feels so much better because it is so much better. The truth about a religious spirit is this, it's actually easier. It's easy just to to mail in religion and say, okay, what's my quota? What have I got to do? What's the minimum required? But I believe that God has a relationship for all of us in Jesus' name. So I wanted to get straight into the next two and we'll be finishing today. But when it comes to a blockage that could exist for you and for me, another one I believe could be is envy and jealousy. Come on, write it down. Envy and jealousy. There's something about the time we also live in as well when it comes to this, where envy and jealousy, it can spread like wildfire, quickly. What even is envy? I just wanna read a definition. It's really just a fixation on someone else's blessing or wealth or calling in the dictionary. It's a feeling of discontented, or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck, or a desire to have a quality, a possession belonging to someone else. You know, social media and this media culture we live in right now, technology, it's so easy just to quickly envy and to allow envy. The thing about envy that I've noticed is envy, it grows on you. If you're not careful, you can become, you can grow envious of someone else. You can become envious over time. You can become jealous. The problem with that is that leads to covetousness. And the Bible talks about how that's a sin. That's not right. And the problem with that is because when we get to that place and we start thinking, I want what you have. And worse than just wanting what you have, I want you not to have it. That's the power. That's the problem of that blockage is it causes us to live from a place we're never called to live from. Let me show you a couple of passages. Job chapter five in verse two says, surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. Jealousy is a killer. It's a killer in our lives. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy, look at this, makes the bones rot. And I want to take that a step further. It's not talking about natural bones. It's talking about spiritual bones. It's talking about the bones of your spiritual life, your ability to serve Jesus, your your ability to, to walk in free relationship with God, partner with the Holy Spirit. If you have envy in your life, it'll make your spiritual bones rot. 
Listen to what it says in the message. It says, a sound mind makes for a robust body. Who wants a robust body? I feel like I want a robust, I want a robust body in Jesus' name. But it says, but runaway emotions. That's, what, that's the, that's the um, description that Eugene Peterson uses for envy. A runaway emotion corrodes the bones. You think about it, that's what envy does. That's what jealousy does, what resentment towards others. It, it becomes a runaway emotion. You start to find yourself in a place where you're not really meant to be. Even if it comes just to your thinking. Oh, I'm envious and jealous of that person. And oh, I wish I had what they had. And man, why do they get to have what they have? How can I have what they have? In fact, I want what they have and I don't want them to have it. It's a runaway emotion. And it leads to a place certainly not tranquil of heart, like the Scripture says. If anything, it leads to the opposite of that. It's the opposite of peace. You feel like unsettled all the time. Feel like, oh man, I just, I'm, not, I'm not getting what I should have because this person's got something that I want. Envy, it has an amazing way to grow on you and ultimately become a blockage for your life. So what's the answer? If envy is an issue, if envy is a blockage, what could be the answer? Well, I want to show you one scripture and you've all, you've all heard it because everyone's been to a wedding. It says, love is patient. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Look at it. It does not envy. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So the answer is love. When it comes to envy, what's the answer? The answer is love. And this is why. It's because we're all called to love God. And if you've got envy as a blockage, that's going to affect your love towards God. But this is why it's in this in 1 Corinthians 13. It's because we're called to love God and love people. And envy gets in the way of us loving God freely and saying, God, I'm so grateful for what you have. Thank you for everything you've given me. And now I can turn with that lens and with that thought and that spirit, begin to love others. And envy and jealousy, it blocks us up, gets, us in, gets in the way. And the answer is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. So envy and jealousy can be a blockage. And then number two, Another blockage that we can experience if we're not careful is shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. You ever felt blamed for something and then it turned into shame that you carried? You ever felt blamed or felt the blame of something? Maybe no one pointed the, the finger at you or maybe you weren't accused of anything, but you just felt like, oh, this is my fault. And then that blame didn't just stop there. It actually translated and became at some point shame for you and you begin to walk with it. So this is a blockage for a believer, shame and guilt. I believe this is a big one for believers. This is a big one for people who have faith in Jesus because what happens is the enemy is very, very good at waving from your past and reminding you of the things that you used to do. And if we're not careful, if we look that way, if we allow those, those lies to be believed, shame and guilt can take up residence in our spiritual lives, guilted into feeling like we have to atone for the things that we once did that's a blockage. That's shame and that's guilt. You know, God's Old Testament people, they had kind of this suite of offerings that were available. So there were many different offerings for God's Old Testament people to live in relationship with God and to come within the system of the law. It's in Leviticus. But some of the offerings were the sin offering, the peace offering. You could bring a burnt offering. There was a grain offering. But there was another offering that was called a guilt offering. And you might not know this, but a guilt offering was also called a trespass offering. 
And the point of this offering was to deal with guilt that existed in someone's life. Man, I feel like people are gonna get free today. The guilt offering was actually a powerful offering because of two reasons. One, it was costly. So it actually took, um, you had to repay for, for the issue that you had, maybe the, the person that you'd wronged or stolen from or trespassed or whatever. You, you had to repay. You had to take care of that debt plus a fifth if you read in Leviticus 6. But not only that, it was, also, it was costly, but it was also free will. So you didn't have to do it unless you wanted to do it. Right. That was the guilt offering. But let me read you a few other things about this particular offering. It was for if you did something wrong, you wronged a, a, a neighbour, you transgressed in some way by action or deed against yourself, another person or God. It was not imposed by the court of law, but a reparation was offered by perpetrators who got away with the offence, but then who felt guilty later on and they could come back and once they'd realised their guilt and do something about it. So repentance by the sinner, not prosecution by the authorities is the basis for the guilt offering. That's why in Matthew chapter five and verse 23, Jesus gives the instruction. He says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, i.e. you recognise and you become aware of your guilt. Verse 24, he says, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother. Take care of that. Deal with that. And then come back and offer your gift. The guilt offering was for matters of uncleanness, whether intentional or unintentional. And atonement was required. You know, guilt offerings were in effect designed to restore ceremonial cleanness. But also were there to reestablish fellowship with God because sin hindered one's fellowship. I talked a couple of weeks ago about, it. isn't it funny with sin how if we're dealing with sin in our lives, it just feels like there's something between you and God. You ever notice that? It just feels like there's something between you and God. There's something that's not free flowing between you and your relationship with your heavenly Father. Here's the problem with sin. Here's the problem with guilt. Here's the problem with carrying shame is it makes us feel like there's something between us and God. The problem is there is nothing between us God, between us and God. We just feel like there is. And we've got to be people that understand when it comes to shame and guilt, just like the Old Testament people would deal with it, Jesus has dealt with it. Yeah. And so whatever you're carrying today, whatever you're trying to take care of today, Jesus has already taken care of. Amen. See, a guilt offering was costly. And you certainly would have walked away like you felt like you paid for that. So let me ask you this. Today, do you ever feel guilty for the things that you used to do? For the things you once did? Because that's a blockage. Do you often think about and regret the things you once did and make you feel ashamed? And you carry that and you think about it and it comes into your life sometimes? That's a blockage. I've got good news for us today. All that effort, all that work, all that trying to fix, all that trying to deal with it, bring that shame in, it's all just a waste of time. It's all just meaningless because the problem is you can't pay for it. You can't take an offering to an altar. We don't have that function available here at Colonial Church because we have Jesus. Jesus has taken care of the shame. He's taken care of the guilt, the things that you went for, or went through and the things that you did. It's all covered by the blood of Jesus. The problem is you can't pay for it. 
You can't pay for it through carrying guilt. You can't pay for it through carrying shame. Here's the thing about the past is you cannot do anything about the past, but you can do something right now. You can choose to leave it in the past. It just came to mind, I don't know if this is just the Holy Spirit, but a few months ago I talked about God giving me this picture of a shovel. And far too many people live with a, sh- with a shovel in their bedrooms, spiritually speaking. You wake up in the morning, what do you do? You reach for the shovel and you go and dig up the past. You go dig up the shame. You go digging up the guilt and you begin to dig it up and you begin to carry it and you begin to pick it up in your life and you walk around with it. God is telling us today through his word, we no longer need to do that. That is no longer part of your story. It's been erased from God's memory. Listen to it in Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, I've never measured that length, but I got a feeling it's a long way. So far does he remove. Underline that word online, underline it. Remove, it's gone. Our transgressions from us. See, the answer for guilt and shame is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's all you need. And you know, just like the Old Testament people, you know, we also need a priest. Oh, this is good. This is really good. (laughs) You know, we also need a priest. You and I, we need a priest. We need a priest who can take care of all the things that, you know, that we've dealt with, that we've gone through. We need a priest that can take care of the the guilt that we carry around, the wrongs that we commit to other people, the sins that we commit against God. We need a priest as well. The problem is we have a priest. His name is Jesus. In Hebrews, he's the high priest forever. And any shame, any guilt you walk around with, that's on you because Jesus has already taken care of it. Let me read it to you. It's in Hebrews chapter eight and verse eight. It says, now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. That is not like any earthly priest. A minister in the holy places. You know, Jesus is constantly ministering on your behalf. Did you know that? He's constantly ministering on your behalf. He understands everything you're going through. He sees the smallest things to the biggest things and he is ministering on your behalf because he's your high priest forever. And what we sometimes forget or maybe this is what we do, is we take that reality, that truth, and we say to Jesus through our action and the way we live our life, hey, hey, Jesus, you just take a break for a minute. Why don't you just sit down, have a glass of water, just relax. And we try to step in. We try to step in and say, you know what, this stuff that I did, all those wrongs, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of that myself. Let me pick that up. Let me pick that up and, because I need to pay for this. I need, to, I need to make restitution for this. I need to do something about this. And we walk through our lives. Some people walk decades and decades carrying guilt and shame around they were never meant to carry. It is ill-fitting for your life because Jesus has already taken care of it and continues to take care of it. it says, For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifice. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were here on earth, he would not be a priest at all since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. So this is the point. Jesus is and forever will be all that you need. All that you need. Everything you've ever gone through. What's the answer, Jesus? 
Everything you're ever going to go through, what's the answer? Jesus. Jesus is everything you need, but you need Jesus to leave the past behind. And I want us to be believers that understand when it comes to spiritual blockage, what's the answer? The answer is always Jesus. You ever notice that about every single problem, every single thing in life, what's the answer? It always comes back to Jesus. Why? Because He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the only thing we need. You know, if you have nothing else but Jesus for the rest of your life, you're gonna be just fine. I'm preaching the truth and shaming the devil this morning. All you need is Jesus. You don't need to do more. You don't need to pray harder. You don't need to go through this cycle of religion and getting rules out. All you need is Jesus. Some people wander through life. They think, man, have I done enough? Some people get to the end of their lives and think, man, did I really do enough? And I never want us to be, and I don't want anyone ever to be, in a place where you feel like you have to do stuff to get in God's good graces. Jesus has done everything you will ever need. And it is faith in Him, a relationship and a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ that changes everything for you. And here's the truth today. You can never do another thing for God. As long as you know Jesus, that's all you need. And there are a whole lot of people out there that need to hear that. Because what religion says is religion says, oh yeah, Jesus, put that on the side. How much have you done today? How much have you done this season? How much have you been able to to work at? All you need is Jesus. And out from the overflow of a relationship with Jesus, isn't it so simple? Comes everything else. Comes serving in church. Comes raising a family in church comes honouring God in your finances. And so I pray that we would be people that put away the shovel. So my question today is this, and as the team comes and joins me, it's a pretty simple question. What do you need to bring to Jesus today? If your heart is now the altar of your life, what do you need to offer up to Him today? What do you need to offer up as a sacrifice to Him? What do you need to let go of today? Is it shame? You know, I wanna come up with a new saying. You know that saying, shame, shame on you? I'm gonna come up with a new one, shame off you. Shame off you. Next time you're dealing with someone who's feeling shame and ashamed of their past, ashamed of the things they've done, you need to tell them, shame off you. Jesus took care of that, shame off you. But maybe today is a day where you offer up at the altar of your heart. Shame, what else? Guilt. Maybe you're in here today and you just feel guilty for the way you used to be. You just feel guilty for the way you used to act. Maybe you feel guilty for the way you treated someone 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm believing today on the altar of your heart, guilt is gonna be offered up and gone in Jesus' name. What else? Things, stuff, old habits, old thinking. The altar of our hearts, Jesus is gonna take care of it all because he has taken care of it all. You receive that word today? Come on, why don't you stand with me? I wanna take a moment, did this in the nine o'clock and I feel like God is really setting people free today through the power of the Spirit. And so I just wanna take a moment and maybe it's the first first time to our church, we kind of do this every single week. We wanna take the word that God has given us. We wanna ask the Holy Spirit a simple question. What are you saying to me through this message? 
So why don't you just go ahead, just, just ask Him, what are you saying to me through this message? What's the blockage that I have? What heart surgery do we need to do today, Holy Spirit? What can we get free of today, Holy Spirit? Will you help me? Because here's the truth about the Holy Spirit. It's in His job description. He is a helper. He will help you. You don't have to figure it out on yourself. You don't have to work out the, the equation. You just ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? What step do I need to take? How, how, do, I need to, how do I need to move forward? And I'm believing that the people in here today, and it's just like, shame's, shame's your thing. You feel shamed right now in this season. I'm believing that today is gonna be your shame off moment. You're in here today, maybe it's guilt, same thing. Guilt for the things you did. I believe Jesus is leading you to a place where you stop looking back and you keep looking at Him. See, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to stand in your past and wave the flag, the old flag, the old way. He wants to wave from Egypt in your life, saying, hey, remember slavery? Remember the things that used to be? Remember the way you used to live? But Jesus is saying, hey, just keep your eyes on me. Keep looking this way. I got you. I got you covered because you're covered by the blood. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, once you know what that thing is, once, you know, once it's been illuminated to you, and I believe the Holy Spirit's already speaking to people right now, you just raise up your hand. It's time to do business with Him. You're saying, yeah, Holy Spirit, I need to get free of some things. Free of the old way. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe you feel addicted to something. You can't break free of it. I believe in today is your day. Here's one, anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts that just give you anxiety and fear and restlessness. Believe in the Holy Spirit's gonna give us peace. Holy Spirit, you see all the hands that are raised in this moment. Father, as we set things before you on the altar of our hearts, God. God, I pray that you would deal with things right now. That you would set people free right now. Holy Spirit, I come against that spirit that comes with shame. Come against that spirit of guilt that wants to drag us back into the old way. God, I pray right now for shame to be set off people, for guilt to be removed in Jesus' Name. God, I pray right now for the, the bondage of addiction to be broken, Lord, for that yoke to be completely broken off people. And God, we thank You for the, for the old thinking to be gone, the new way to come, the, the being led by the Spirit in Jesus' Name. Come on, church, let's take a moment. Let's raise our hands. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.